Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're doing Masechtas Demai, Perik Bey's Mishnah Gimla Mishnah Dalit. Yesterday we were discussing about a person who wants to be Neman, believed, going forward that they are someone who's trustworthy, who takes off the appropriate trumas and maestros from their produce, and therefore what they sell and buy is not considered Demai. Today, we're going to discuss on the same topic, someone who decides they want to take on another level of stringencies, where they are now believed as a chaver that what they have in their possession is tahar, that we believe them and we trust them, that they do not make impure, render impure, the whatever they may, ha- may have in their possession. So just like yesterday, the person that take on certain stringencies in front of three people, so to today, I'm a Kabbalah of one who wants to be accepted, that they're considered a Chaver, as in trustworthy, with what they have, that it's not uh, impure. They have to take on certain stringencies. The first one being, they do not buy and sell to a Amaretz produce that is wet or dry. What is significant about it being wet? The Halacha is, when it comes to Taharos, Fruit does not become tame. It cannot become tame even if it's touched by someone who's tame, unless it's primed first. And the way you prime a fruit to become tame is by getting it wet with one of the seven mashkim, the seven liquids, and those are yayin dam, wine and blood, devash, date honey, mayim water, shemenzayas oil, chalav milk, vital and dew. Is only a fruit can only become tame if it was primed first and got wet. First, so the reason you cannot sell wet fruit to an Ama Aretz is because the assumption is the Ama Aretz is Tomei, and he's then going to touch this fruit that ha- which has been primed and going to render it impure. And there is a certain prohibition that one is not allowed to make the fruits of Eretz Yisrael impure for no reason. One cannot cause the fruits of Eretz Yisrael to become Tomei. And therefore, and therefore, we do not sell wet produce to an Amaretz. Why don't we sell dry produce? Because dry produce cannot become Tomei. And the answer is, because the assumption is it's going to become wet, and then the Amaretz is going to make it impure. So even that, we don't want to do. So this person who wants to be a Chavar and wants to be believed and trusted that what he has is tar cannot sell wet or dry produce to an Amaretz. If this sounds familiar, this concept, it actually comes up all the time, but one time we're specifically mockbed and careful about the, not making fruit tame is Seder night. On Seder night, the reason we wash our hands before we dip the karpas into water is so that our hands are now considered clean, our tahar, and when we touch the wet karpas, the wet, whatever you use, if you use a potato, if you use a banana, if you use, I don't know, parsley, I don't know why you would use parsley, because it's kind of gross, but if you use parsley and you've made it wet, so then your tame hands are going to touch it and are going to render it impure. So it's a throwback to remember the concept of not making things impure, we wash our hands. But it's not just limited to Seder night. In fact, the Taz says, Manish Tana Halayla Zabikol Halelos. Why is this night different? This halach applies all year. And Mr. Brewer says, once we mock, but although there is what to rely on to be mako, one, there really is room to be mock. I mean, the kids of Shulchan strongly advises one to embrace the stringency that before you have anything, any fruit, fruit that's wet, you should first wash your hands. Moving on. Moving on. The Eno Lokech Menulach, you certainly shouldn't buy wet fruit from Namaritz because it's going to be Tomei. The Eno Misreach, it's Amaritz, nor neither should you eat uh, with an Amaritz, similar to yesterday, because there is a concern that you're going to end up eating to- uh, impure things or make things impure. Vlomo Orcho, Lo Biksuso. Also, one has to be very careful, you can't have an Amaritz in your house if he's wearing clothing. 
not any clothing, but his own clothing. Uh, it's in, seemingly you have to give him a new pair of clothing because the concern is his clothing. Maybe his wife was a nida or a zav sat down on it, or one of the ver- uh, various tumas sat down and clothing and made it impure. So all those things, all those things, you have to be very careful about. This comes along with Rehuda and he adds on Rehuda Omer Af Lo Yigad Del Behemadaka Yisrael. I added Eretz Yisrael. One, he also has to be someone who accepts upon himself not to. Not to raise domestic animals such as sheep or goat in Eretz Yisrael. Why not? So Rabbi Yehuda is actually deviating a little bit from what one would think. You would think that in order to be believed and trusted when it comes to taros, you have to be careful about specifically taros and areas of taros like not eating like Aretz tame, etc. Rabbi Yehuda says no. It's actually more all-encompassing. If you want to be believed in taros, you have to live a life of a chassid, live a life with stringencies, and it, ex- it includes not to raise domestic animals in Eretz Yisrael. And the reason for that is because Chazal actually made a prohibition, a gezerah, that the land of Eretz Yisrael is not very big. Although everyone seems to think it's huge, the way that the uh, polit- geopolitical and all the politics and everyone's arguing over it, but it's really not that big, and you have a lot of people living there, and animals need place to graze, and they're going to end up going into each other people's fields and eating from their fields. They're going to end up taking over, and it's going to take away from the Yishiver Yisrael, and it's going to take away, it's going to cause machlokas. So the sages made a mach- made a gezerah, one should not raise behemadakos in their Yisrael, such as sheep or goats. Now, if you say, what about nowadays people do raise sheep or goats in Yisrael? So the Shulchan Aruch already passed in way back 400 years ago that one their Yisrael has been depleted of people by Avosayin Harabin, that no one living in Eretz Yisrael, so now we can reinstate this Gezeir, we can get rid of this Gezeir and allow people to raise Behemoth, Dakos, and Eretz Yisrael, which raises a big question. That's all good and well for the Shulchan Aruch, but now we have millions of Jews living in Israel, so maybe we should reinstate this, this Gezeir, and in fact, Ravad Yosef and Yibi Omer says, yeah, you should. If the Chazal gave us the explicit reason, and the reason was when you have too many people and you have animals, they're going to end up eating from the wrong people's fields, they're going to end up trampling on people's stuff. So maybe, yeah, you should no longer raise Behemadakos and Eretz However, the general consensus of the post game of Tipesach Frank, the Tzitzel Yezer, they all said once the Gezer has been Batel, it's 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 Batel. I believe also Shevet Alevi says this as well. Once it's been Batel, it's Batel, and we're not going to resuscitate this. Minha, this min, this ancient Gezerah not to raise Behemadakos. However, Behuda is talking about when the Gezerah was extant, and people seemingly were not so careful about it, which is why he wanted to say, you want to be, you want to be a Chaver, so you have to be careful about this. V'lo you parts bin Adarim u'b'schok, you shouldn't be someone who freely takes vows, and is engaged in too much uh, late sanas, let's put it that way, and the problem with taking too many vows is because, invariably, if you take too many vows, you're going to end up being over one of the vows. Mason, you shouldn't become tummy to Mason, or you um, and you should spend time in the base medrash. Now, the question that some of the commentators write is one minute. Being metamid Mason, that could be a mitzvah. So some interpret it that yeah, you should not be metamid to Mason in the event that there is someone else to be joined the chaver kadisha. However, the chaznis says differently. Don't put a comma there. It's if you're if you're being with, if you're with Mason, then his exact lushan is. Sorry, his exact lushan is the Mason You should not be in the base medrash. He re, he thinks when you should be matamil Mason. Meaning, don't say I'm so from. I'm learning now. When there's a Mason mitzvah outside of the door, comes along the chachamim and they say no. They say no. Amar They said to him, "Very nice, Rabbi Yehuda. You have all these stringencies below yo low bow a lekal. We're not including these. None of these stringencies, such as raising behemadakos and being careful about nedarim and being matamid lemesim or not being matamid lemesim. Learning none of that 
it reflects about the way the person treats Taharos. And therefore, the only things that one must take upon themselves in order to be Nemon, believe, be a Chavra when it comes to Taharos, are things that are directly related to Taharos and not, none of these extra things in the list of Rabbi Yehuda. Mishnah Dalit. We discussed the concept of Demai. That's our Masechta. However, there were certain areas where Chazal gave leniencies when it came to Demai, and the reason for that was because it, the, these people didn't make a lot of money altogether, and therefore we didn't want to put the extra burden on them, and rather we shifted the burden onto the consumer that they had to take it on. The Nachtonim, commercial bakers, who do not sell their bread for such a profit, they didn't mark it up too much, and therefore, if they were to take off already demai on top of everything else, they assuming they bought grain from an Amaretz, you're going to really knock out their profit. So Chazal shifted, Gemara Yuma tells us, Chazal shifted the or onus of taking demai from the baker to the consumer. So although we said one should not sell demai produce that one needs to take shumas and maizras, here they allowed it. And therefore, so they have to take off Meiser and obviously take off Chala because it's bread. A chenveni, however, someone who sells retail, is not permitted to sell demai, and the reason for that is because when you sell retail, you're in that makolet, so somehow you buy a bottle of water in Costco, it's 30 cents, you go to Makola in Israel, you go to Supersol, and you're, you, you feel like you're using your life savings, especially if you're walking down to the Kotel. Chanvan and retailers sometimes will mark things up. You walk into 7-Eleven and you pay outrageous prices for a candy bar. Therefore, they're making a bigger profit, so they they have to take off Demai. Call him a fresh, then the cloud basically comes, call him a being the Mida Gasa, Rishayan Limkar S. Hadamai. Anyone who sells in a large quantity, sells in bulk, the assumption is the more you sell in bulk, the less likely you are to make a larger profit. Therefore, they do not need to take off the Maya, and they're allowed to sell it with the Maya. Elon must be in Midagasa, and who is the people who sell the Midagasa? Konhastidnos umochre tevua. The wholesalers and the grain sellers, both of those sell in large in large quantities, and that eats away at their profit. They can't mark it up as much, and therefore Chazal were careful. They were careful about the money of Chal Yisrael, and they shifted, therefore, the onus onto the consumer. Have a wonderful day.